0: Hi, my name is uh, Dara Yo. I'm Deputy President of uh, Dublin City University, and you're listening to In Conversation With.
1: Okay, so hello and welcome to In Conversation With, with myself, Colin, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Mr. Gavin Kelly. How you doing? And Mr. Greg Mulhall. It's
2: lovely, really, the operative word, Lovely for lovely. Gavin today. Lovely,
1: lovely co hosts um, oh, How so are we, lovely. gents? We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're, good. Good. Yeah, we're a little
2: bit butterfly
1: you know? Yeah. Why would
0: we be butterfly? Well...
1: <laughs> We, we are with uh, esteemed deputy president of DCU yes. and uh, quite the academic man, I must hmm. say, Mr. Derek Yo.
0: How are you? Thank th- you. Th- You're th- very welcome.
1: Th- thanks for agreeing for the interview, Darragh. No, no absolutely. Delighted. Um, so I'll start like I traditionally do with every interview. and Now, it wasn't me directly that approached you first, but what was the initial thought when Ross... Uh, Munley of the Alumni Office um, approached you asking you to be on this podcast.
0: Well, I was pleased. I'm yeah. always glad of an opportunity to meet people and to talk about what we do. i um, very proud of what we do in the university and was delighted for an opportunity to talk about it so delighted and to hear your experience of the university as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. So um, we'll get to your your time in DCU. Uh, later. We'll, in the we'll start a little bit earlier. Yeah, we'll start. Well. Okay, go right back. So, back? Yes, yeah, so we'll take it back. So take us back to your very earliest education. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Yeah,
0: I was. Involved, a, I lived in Raffarnham. My uh, both parents are Dubs, which is unusual. My grandparents and slightly unfortunate. And, yeah, yeah, so unfortunately, maybe, as maybe. Yeah. everybody. It could be worse. Uh, it could be from midland counties <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no we're all all dubs which i suppose is unusual so we grew up in Raffarnham and it was rural at that stage mm. i mean where we lived there were no houses beyond us so it was an interesting an interesting place so i went to school with the loretto loretto ret- boys at that stage uh, in Raffarnham and then went on from there as my father had done into sink street so we got the bus into town from about the age of eight it okay. was kind of packed on the bus every day and uh, coming home from town. So Sing Street was an adventure. I don't know whether people have seen the film Sink Street. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, that's exactly what it was like. And there's a, a journalist rang me and he said, oh, you know, you were at school in Sing Street. Uh, it wasn't like that, was it? And I said, no, it was absolutely like that. So that film was very evocative. But Sing Street was a great experience. Yeah. Gay Byrne says in his autobiography that um, after Sing Street, uh, everything else in life was a doddle. But it was a um, fantastic school uh, I'm not sure that the learning was very good in it, but certainly what we we learned from each other. Yeah. And there were great characters. And were you
1: already, or were you always academically inclined?
0: Uh, not particularly. I no. wouldn't think. Always um, good report cards, no? No, not at all. I would say, just good. I mean, it was uh, it was old style academic school, and uh, you know, it was solid. Uh, I would say. Do you know what that sounds? Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed history in school. History was probably my best subject. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed history in school and...
1: Um, Evident from your later yeah, third-level studies. Yeah, that's what
0: I ended up studying. But uh, no, so that was that was Singer. And, and did you uh,
1: ever engage in any extracurricular activities? with sport a big part? Well,
0: sport wasn't, unfortunately. My coordination was absolutely <laughs> brutal. Like and us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, mine was very bad. And uh, my brothers were all fairly good golfers. And I remember as a child somebody saying to my dad, um, oh, does Dara take up clubs at all? And my father says, oh, the only thing Dara takes up is a knife and fork. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my I was uh, involved in a lot of the clubs in terms of been secretary of clubs mm. and did things like I got to kind of line pitches and uh, organise The organisation so aspect was the, of it, yeah. yeah. that's what I... Uh, I really regret that As I say, my coordination is brutal. Like, even mm. now, it's a team building exercises is when we throw balls, <laughs> the, the bacha balls around, Like, <laughs> I hate that, and, uh, but, um, but I'm not, you know, it doesn't bother me, but it's just the way it is.
3: Yeah, it doesn't bother me either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, so this just... is
0: looking like a kind of a geeks uh, club here in terms of the, the uh, interviews. Yeah. So
3: Dara, you get to Turtle Level, yeah. um, what are you studying and how is your experience at Turtle Level in general?
0: Um no it was it was interesting uh, when I uh, when I left school I went to uh, UCD and um, and studied uh, philosophy economics and history and then went on and did uh, pure pure history. That's a that's a heavy uh, few subjects to be taken yeah, on. Yeah and to say. um, so I enjoyed as I say enjoyed that and then in a kind of curiously, uh, I suppose I thought that I might have a vocation to be a priest. So okay. uh, I spent some time studying for the priesthood, so I went to Italy and studied in the Gregorian University. Wow. For, so I was uh, two years in Rome, so that was um, very different, as you could, uh, could imagine. But and what, what uh, was your
2: motivation behind, at the time, you know, what,
0: what, why did you leave? Why did I leave? Um, I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't cut out for it, uh, just didn't... Um, it didn't. Uh, didn't. Uh, just temperamentally, I think temperamentally the, like when you say to people about celibacy, it's not. Uh, it's it's just it wasn't it wasn't uh, just wasn't for me. It was mm-hmm. okay. f- frustrating really, um. But it was a very good experience. I mean, I have no regrets. I made great friends, and that was a very international context. I mean, there were people there from all over the world, and like if you think there was, I mean, communications were different then, so you didn't have the say the internet or the email or didn't have mobile phones, so you were reliant on post. Mm-hmm. Uh, so letter writing is to write a lot of letters and uh, you were very isolated, so you were actually immersed uh, in this in the situation and Erlingus had at that stage like one flight in the winter time, one flight a week to Rome and uh, two flights in the summer and at the same time they had this palatial office one of the most expensive parts of Rome, <laughs> which was the statement, I suppose, of Ireland's ambitions. But it was a very, it was a good experience. The crowd who, fellow students were, you know, they were very bright, and it was just, I suppose, changed perspective in, in mm-hmm. terms of life. And I think that was a very inf- influential experience in terms of how I would see myself kind of develop subsequently the things that were priorities to me so uh, what afterwards. So what did you go what to do, do when you came When home? I got, to, well, I, I took the voluntary redundancy, left Rome, uh, and I came home. Oh, actually, sorry. Sir. I actually have a funny story about that. Not about you. Um, <laughs> well, my, my
2: former landlord in Galway, um, similar enough story bar the going as far as Italy, he actually did join a seminary in Ireland, mm-hmm. and he's from Clare, um, and he went to a seminary up the country somewhere, and his, it, you know, he'd, he'd write home regularly enough, and then it kind of stopped, and then after like three, four years, his mum got a, a letter in the post Say that he'd left? Yeah, that he'd just dropped out. Yeah. And um she heard nothing from him for like another year or two. Next thing she got a letter from Cadbury's in the in Birmingham to say that uh, you've been, congratulations, Mr Blank, um you've been accepted to the graduate programme in blah, 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 in Cadbury's. Chapter yeah. Macon. Yeah, there you go. You know. And uh I asked him about it one time and he just said wasn't for me and I just up sticks in the middle of the night and left. And he I said he just worked some shit jobs in. A, in he, he got a he got a boat an, over ec- to
1: an eclectic mix of um experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: He lived in a he lived in a port cabin outside her house, um, and he owned all the apartments like. And everything. Nice guy. So he did well out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but he didn't stay long in Cadbury's, obviously, did he? Um, he stayed for about five years. Okay. okay. Um, it, it was great. It was like it was like a little puzzle because his brother-in-law came one day to try and fix her internet. And he ended up telling me all these stories and yeah. I was going piece it all together. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. I mean, I think it's different now. I mean, if, if somebody said to you now, I mean, you know, they were going to study for the priest It was, you know, it's exceptional. Nobody does it now. I mean, the people yeah, it's go, the becoming are less and tiny. less common. Now, but so it was yeah. common. And the guys who were there, I think at least, that they were kind of fairly rounded. They were, uh, you know, it, but it was a very, it was a, just a different world. I mean, we had no sense of any of the things, the revelations in the, in the interim. We had no sense. Uh, of any of that, um, it's very changed, very changed world.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like as 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 I was, so as <laughs> I was really interested yeah, So what happened then? Uh, yes yeah, So y- yeah. Did you come home then? Yeah. Then
0: I came home and I decided that I would do a PhD in history. Uh, so um, that was in Trinity. That was in Trinity. Yeah. So registered in Trinity and, um, so be- began and just when just when I had started. Um, a local school in Temple Oak that they advertised they needed a temporary teacher so I applied for a job there. a temporary teacher said oh this is great I'll do this uh, it'll give me a few bob keep me going for the winter and um, then at the end of the, the first period when somebody was sick the principal said would we'll you stay on um, part time so I stayed on so I taught all the way through when I was doing the PhD uh, I worked at the school part time and uh, then when I finished the PhD then continued on there while it was kind of part-time in, in a number of places, part-time in Trinity and Maynooth and UCD, St.
1: Pat's. And Is there any college in Ireland you haven't <laughs> And, <laughs> you haven't and, the and the here as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was uh, very early on again. And, uh, Before working. it was called DCU? Well, USCO when we had the, what's now DCU Connected, or mm. uh, so teach, uh, wrote a programme from them and was teaching at that stage. So it was just interesting to be working and, as I say, teaching every place. And time.
1: before we go on, what is it about history that attracted you so much? Uh,
0: I just liked it. I like the the people side of it. I like the story. I like the. I love the, the research. I mean, just particularly modern Irish history is what. Yeah, you're it was early modern. Like. It was uh, Ireland and the French Revolution is what yeah. I worked on, but just working through archives, just. I suppose one of the things history does, um, in terms of people's p- career development, kind of more broadly, and we can see that now what we call employability, just um, it's a good discipline in terms of, you know, working through data, you know, data management, uh, organization, bring kind of analysis to it, uh, gives a great perspective. But also I think from a human point of view, that sense of empathy to try to put yourself into the situation. Like what side would you have been on in the French Revolution, for instance? Mm-hmm um you know would you have been with the royalists or would you have been with the revolutionaries you know would you have, uh, and i think that that's a point for all of us like if if we i think the emotion we do best in ireland is indignation and we're very indignant about the past but put ourselves back in in any of the situations like what side would we have been would you have joined the french resistance Actually, um, I, I just started reading at the weekend. Dave, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. the first part of David McCullough's oh, two really? part, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. I work in a bookshop at home, and we're able to take out books under our name for free, basically, yeah. and read them. Did really you have
2: about. to get like a trolley or something to get that one out of the shop? It's yeah. a big book, it's a big but book, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, David McCullough, who is of course a former guest of the show, um, he wrote a two-volume, uh, uh, yeah, two-volume, uh, biography on Aim De Valera, yeah. and I just picked up the the first part there. 400 pages of money, only 20 or so in yeah. but um, it is really good and it, go, it does give a very even handed insight into kind of yeah. um, and I see where you're coming from yeah. you kind of have because like it's looking at Eamon de Valera and obviously there's m- much that's been said about him and his yeah. role in Irish history and it is interesting to kind of look at it like
0: the two choices or the two sides throughout his like what side would you have been on I mean, I mean I'm not it's a rhetorical question but what side in the treaty what side would you have been on uh, would you even say 1916 have kept your head down if you big issues, I mean we're all indignant about say the Holocaust for instance, uh, would we have stopped trains transporting Jews to the concentration camps and the, there is a sense I think sometimes in history and we see it here with some of our big questions about the institutions and mother and baby homes and so on, uh, would we have been brave enough to call a halt to different activities. So mm-hmm. history is, I enjoy it very much, but it it does give you an imp- an empathy, I think, with people. Mm-hmm.
2: When did you know you had to grow for history that you know you were going to carry it to the level that you did?
0: I think, uh, like in some ways, I, I enjoyed it in school. It was, as I say, one of my favourite subjects. I liked it. I liked the writing. Um, I suppose the circumstances when I started history, I say when I left, um, when I came home from Rome, I I never really thought at that stage that I'd spend the rest of my days in history. So it's just just kind of ended up in it mm-hmm. uh, in a way um, maybe something I would have enjoyed like say the Department of Foreign Affairs but mm-hmm. they had kind of recruiting embargoes at the time so um, when I say it was an accident that I ended up in it it probably was um, I don't apologies. know it's okay. every, yeah. every single every single yeah. interview
1: yeah apologies, apologies. <laughs> yeah, no it's okay um, did you have it? Did you had yours on silent? Yeah, I did, but I decided to check. Yeah, mine is on silent. Um, yeah, I have to say, um, obviously did history in primary school because, but I never did it for, I never did it for um junior cert. It was actually a choice between history and geography in my school. Yeah. What school did you go to? Uh, Saint Declan's Community College in um, Waterford, and yeah, we we had a choice in junior cert between geography and history.
0: I thought you had to do it yeah no that, um, I mean that's one of the, the there's a big debate at the moment about compulsory history in the junior sir yeah uh, but the fact is that it was never compulsory in all schools that only mm. in the voluntary section. now we have not.
1: we probably have some subjects that are compulsory in our school that maybe weren't aren't in others okay. so if you think it should have been compulsory history yeah um it's a tough one because obviously I didn't study it no I did I did actually, you do it for the leaving sir? I did I okay. picked it up for the leaving so we kind of it was, well, we, see, in, in TY you get a touch of everything yeah. and then you get to make your choices about your Leaving Cert subjects, so I did a bit of it in TY and found it very interesting. Um, and then picked it for the Leaving Cert and actually ended up being my one of my best subjects That was That's the one you got the Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be here if that was the case there, in fairness. <laughs> um, just just the first time round. How many
3: people were in your history class? Because there were about 10 in ours.
1: Uh, there was 25, I'd oh, say. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of them now had done history for the Junior Cert. I hadn't. But yeah, I, again, I found it really interesting, the topics and everything. Oh, I particularly really enjoyed um, the um, learning about um, kind of later modern Irish yeah. history, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. The um, the project that you have to do as well. Yeah, I the, did enjoy the project I did. I what really, did you do your Project then? I did it on the kind of life and career of Ralph Abernathy, who is. Um, one of the leaders of the civil rights movement, yeah. and also like kind of best friend yeah. of Martin Luther King. Very good. Um, he added an autobiography, which was very helpful because <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. pretty much based my research exclusively on that. On the autobiography. But oh. uh, yeah, I, like I found it as a subject yeah. very interesting, I suppose.
3: Yeah. I did mine on JFK's role in the space race. Oh, really interesting. Um, I thought it'd be more interesting than it actually was. <laughs> yeah, one small step. <laughs> um, I basically had one or two books that I that I read, and they were a bit of a slog to get yeah. through. Uh, but eventually, got it done. It wasn't too bad in the end, but um, definitely for the exam. I remember the Cert History exam. We had prepared every single question that came up
1: yeah.
2: weeks before, and it was a very imperfect paper.
1: Yeah, I did the bare minimum in terms of. And uh, did you do the history for the Leaving Cert?
2: I didn't. I actually did it for. Um, I did it for fifth year as an extra subject, yeah. and I I ended up dropping it. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Essay based things wouldn't really be your forte. Force forte for that, like surprisingly, yeah, but yeah, um, that's interesting. It, it, it just it was, I, I really enjoyed it for junior level. Um, and I, I kind of thought, yeah, it would have been
1: one of my main subjects, but just mm-hmm. wasn't awesome for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cause it's funny because obviously, I like I said, I had the h- choice between history and geography. I got an A in my geography junior cert and then dropped it for leaving cert and didn't do history and then picked that for the junior cert. Mm-hmm. I'm and picked sure, it up I'm sure Anne loved that one, at all. yeah, she, she was a bit uh, puzzled by that one. Actually, on that,
2: Tyra, what, what did your parents say when you came back from Rome and you said, "I might go back to college"?
0: Um, were I think they not like, "Go on out and get a job there"? No, they? I think they were. I think well, my father certainly was keen that I would go on and, and study. Like okay. so, there was no. Um, did you come from an academic? No, no, not, not at all. People were in uh, business. Uh, okay. Not uh, not academic at all, but they they were keen. I suppose that I would qualify yeah. at, at something. You know. Okay. Um, so that's how I ended yeah. up.
1: So. Tell me from your time, like so. We've covered up until about Trinity, and you're here now in DCU. There's a lot, There's in, a lot the middle. in the middle. Fill in the gaps for us. Now, one thing I did want to pick up on was the fact that you studied in Harvard.
0: Well, yeah, I don't know that we want to want to go into that necessarily here. I mean, that's executive executive education. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So we could probably prefer not to do you know what I mean okay right yeah, yeah it was yeah. just
1: it was just the thing that I saw I was like boy, yeah well no I'm we can just... talk
0: about that later on but I would mean, yeah. prefer not to do you don't mind yeah, yeah. no worries yeah. Well, um, well, we can talk about uh, continuing development and so on yeah you know so I mean? from between you can take that yeah so for your time I'll after talk about it then
1: yeah right? so from your time after Trinity what what was what was what were you filling your time with yeah when I
0: finished when I finished the PhD I was uh, as everybody was I suppose at that at that point my colleagues were teaching part-time in a lot of places so teaching a course in, in, teaching in UCD, teaching in Trinity, teaching in Maynooth. Um, and then it was interesting, I was asked to teach a course in St. Pat's uh, in Drumcondra. So I uh, went out, it was a course in local history, it was for, for BA students. But I remember I've been very struck by the students in terms of the, the quality of the students, but just the personality, they were very, just very generous, they were very, very friendly. There was a very nice atmosphere and even to the point that you know we'd go on we say it was on local history so sources for local history so we'd, we'd go to the national archives and we'd go to the library in trinity and we'd go to the national library and we might go for kind of sometimes afterwards you know for you know, a drink or something but people were students were always like exceptionally friendly and there was a great kind of rapport between them but but that was a once-off i just taught that uh, and that was the end of it and then a job came up in galway contract lectureship in the history department in Galway so I went to Galway so I enjoyed that um, and as I say that was on contract so a job was advertised in St Hudson and Condor then in the history department uh, three three-year contracts so I applied for that and got it um, so I enjoyed that kind of hugely used to teach kind of survey courses uh, Professor Jimmy Kelly um, and my own research interests were fairly similar so Jimmy taught a lot of Irish history I taught um kind of European history, so we do the Renaissance and the Reformation, first year French Revolution, uh, and so on, and then specialist courses around seventeen ninety-eight rebellion and then the, the one I love teaching was the history of the slave trade, which we can come back to that uh, in a minute. But um Pats was a special the Pats was a special place, there's no question about it. The calibre of the students were first class, um, very good staff. It was like an excellent staff and um, just the impact that those students had so that the, the BA students a lot of the BA students wanted to be teachers um, so they had very high points and it was a significant number of them I would say it's generalization but had missed teaching by a small number of points so they were very bright and there was a good kind of culture of the place a nice creative energy and paths so I was there from the kind of mid 90s um, as a lecturer in the history department and uh, i had responsibility for quality assurance and had developed a kind of a european profile and was on uh, some european board uh, in that area and i remember being struck at one stage i was invited by the french minister for higher education to a meeting in strasbourg that they were merging um, the three universities in strasbourg to create this huge university and I remember I'm very struck at the time that that's the way you know policy was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way things would be, so mergers were the, the way forward. So it would create kind of critical mass. Uh, and in some ways, Pats was kind of crying out for that because the scale, I mean, we just under 3,000 students. So it was an in-between scale. It was too big to be small and too small to be big. So the kind of range of things that students could be offered um, we are limited in terms of the, the supports, I think, that students need now. But uh, equally, as I say, that relationship between the BA and the BED, there was a, a move to reform the, the BED, and this is quite technical, but the, the BED in St. Pat's was a kind of a hybrid. Um, you had an academic, a major and a minor. Um, so students doing education, studying to be teachers, would have education, would be their major, but they would have a minor academic subjects, so that could be say history or English or Goelga or or whatever. But there was a reform of the Bed and that discretionary time was reduced. So the numbers, the the ability to do history as a minor was, was removed. So I suppose at one level there was a question over the future of the humanities within the within within the college. And um, it just made a lot of sense that we had very good relations with DCU and we were a linked college at That's DCU. The road, of course, yeah. There was never, you know, DCU never did what Pats did. We were absolutely Um, You know, if you take Mary I in Limerick again as a parallel, their degree was similar, but UL had a history department and Mary I had a history department. We didn't have that. And the law and government here and the history department in St. Pats were very complementary, And even in terms of education, education studies here focused on second level where Pats was uh, traditionally our strength at undergraduate level at least uh, was primary so the, the overlap between the libraries of St Pats and the library of DC was about five percent so I think that's a very good kind of symbol or metaphor for the complementarity of the institutions so the timing was right so I was appointed president of St Pats uh, Breen was obviously president here Breen's father incidentally had been a graduate of St. Pat's so Bring had a very good sense of, the, um, of teaching, a sense of the college and a huge esteem for teaching. I often joke with them that if he had higher points he might have done a BN, so. <laughs> 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 But uh, So he had a great sense and I think that the, the timing was right and people could see that it, it made a lot of sense to, to merge the institutions and Matt Day joined with us and the Church of Ireland and the four, four colleges came together to create uh, what we, what we have as DCU now. So it was very, very interesting. And then, as I say, I moved from the Presidents and Pats to um, deputy president of dcu
1: and here we are yeah today Here we are today in this lovely office yeah Yeah. so let's talk about it so day to day what does the job entail for yourself yeah
2: what what does what does the day in the life of the deputy president look like what time do you rise
0: at what do you have for breakfast yeah i have um like one of the things again a lot of voluntary you know a lot of voluntary volunteer work that i do in different areas um things that i'm interested in and uh, university is a wonderful place to work for that because there's just so much happening in, in, in a university. You know, we say about DCU that our life uh, mission is about transforming lives and societies. And no two days are the same. And I'm really, really struck um, again and again, um, just there's so much happening here in, in DCU at every level. And it's wonderful to be part of that. So the, the deputy president's role, I support the, the, the president. So. A joke about him and said Romero, this operation, the reserve goalkeeper, and <laughs> um, the best number two in the world, yeah. um, and uh, so
1: is that a direct comparison between Breamercrow and, David, and de David de Gea? Okay. <laughs> David de Gea, it's not one that so, I've heard before. But I'll, so I'll what I them.
0: do is I sit here and I stretch and I put on <laughs> the gloves and um, no, but uh, there are a lot of things that the student experience, for instance, i have responsibility for student experience in the university. So that's. Uh, not the academic experience but the social experience the sporting experience and all of that um so the library sport would come under my uh, watch the library again comes under my watch the uh, alumni the we have the arts initiative again uh, I work with Brian again to support the kind of strategic strategic planning and the implementation of that we have um, an interesting exercise of the, this uh, strategic intelligence unit so that's about using data to improve the student experience so to try to anticipate what student needs are in um, areas like say retention with library usage building usage and so on um, then we have this unit operational excellence uh, and that's about kind of trying to reform the processes about how we do things and there's no it's not rocket science it's about the collective wisdom of the, of the people on the team and, the, cons- and the, the users of service and say, well, how could we make this better? Uh, and we work on individual projects like that. But that's a collective uh, collective exercise. And uh, we do that on the basis that, you know, if there's a problem, it's nobody's fault. It's it's our, we all have ownership of it. Um, and then I suppose over and above that, there are a lot of committees I chair, like budget committee, uh, academic promotions committee, um, the deans, the, the deans report to me and, I sit on a lot of interview panels as well, so, um, it's very well. It's, <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very, it's very but it's very interesting and, um, it's wonderful as I say. You'd be you'd be really proud of the, the things that are happening, in all five faculties mm-hmm. and, just the caliber of the staff that we have in the support areas. I mean, if you look at, if you look at student support and development, um, although, um, Claire reports to, um, Etna, but if you, if you look at that area as an as an example. Um, absolutely intent on improving the experience of the students the well protecting the welfare of the students anticipating their needs um, access students the extending out that welcome um, we're very lucky um, there are serious challenges I mean there's no doubt about that but we're very lucky to work in a, in, a, in a wonderful place what are some of those challenges if you mind me asking I think the biggest challenge for the Irish third level education sector is um, resourcing um, there's no doubt about that that the European University Association have done this uh, survey of university systems across Europe and they identify uh, Ireland as at risk that the funding has been cut dramatically and student numbers have increased and half per year in, so in the, the past so 10 the, years yeah, so though. the challenge is to deliver more on, on less and I think that people have taken that very seriously but you can you can see the uh, impact of that we don't have um, we don't have money um and i suppose the state doesn't have it um the again in terms of student loans or, or fees there's a challenge how do you do that going forward um it's a it's a real challenge but that's a, a, a nettle that, that will have to be grasped in the future because you can't run a world class uh, education system uh, that's under under-resourced and like, unlike uh, other countries that have natural resources, you know, our only resources are people. Um, and We've called out talent um, in the strategic plan because, as I say, that's, that's what that's what we do. But we need to be resourced to, to do that.
3: So at the moment, uh, Dara, what are you prioritising most to make the DCU student experience the best it can be?
0: personally or what as a as a university
3: well, either yourself or yourself and brain.
0: i think well one of the things i suppose uh, i enjoy in in the daily routine and just come from with orientation for new staff and that's fantastic you know when you go into a room with 30 35 new colleagues right across the board talented people who are going to commit their careers to dcu their energies and their creativity that's fantastic to come in contact with that enthusiasm and Uh, The promise that we make is that we'll be able to develop them and support them to grow and to thrive uh, in this context. And uh, another initiative we have at the moment is the visual arts initiative within the university that under the strategic plan we called out creativity and we hope to establish an institute of creativity. Um, Derek Hand in the School of English is leading, leading on that. But another thing that we did was we appointed a visual arts coordinator. Um, and uh, Marcella Bannon. And what Marcella is doing with the, with the committee is to really develop the, the visual culture of the university. I mean, Declan and his colleagues have this master plan to transform the public realm. But what we're trying to do is to bring kind of creativity, kind of more visual culture in terms of art, um, to create opportunities for people to uh, express themselves. Um, students in any faculty could take modules on, say, uh, creativity, artistic literacy and so on, but also to invest in the, the, the so as the print culture and um, we hope to have kind of public sculpture We have ambitions for an arts trail that would link the campuses and the neighboring areas so that's been particularly pleasant to see kind of students coming forward who have interest in arts but also colleagues uh, who have great artistic ability and sensitivities and there's a, a wonderful module um, Bridge Casey coordinates in the, in the nursing school where uh, again, where they bring in artists and the artists work with the students in terms of developing kind of empathy and expression and uh, health and humanities together. So again, to bring that creativity to all our areas, whether it's the business school or kind of engineering or science and health or the humanities or education. In a lot of the faculties, uh, a lot of the faculties are engaged in, in curriculum reform on an ongoing basis. Um, so again, the business school is an example there, um, kind of examining all of the programmes, kind of root, root and branch about what needs to be, to be done to, to refresh ourselves. And, and that's, I think, again, in terms of quality assurance, it's part of uh, my area as well. I think there's a very good quality culture in the university. Like What, what do we need to do? to give our students the best experience. Um, that's, that's important. The uh, engineering again have this uh, Ignite program, again, which is similar to the best program in the in the business school, again, where where they look at um say orientation for students. Like as soon as the student accepts their offer and the CAO, now we engage with them at that point. So we've got introduction to DCU modules on online. Uh, you know kind of really shepherding them through those transitions uh, so that's a priority for us one of the things I suppose is in terms of the the DCU person um, uh, Ross Munley who's our director of Alumni Affairs makes the point that um, the, our alumni are our most uh, enduring uh, partners mm-hmm. that you know students who've come through here and uh, they remain alumni for the, re- for the rest of our lives and as part of the student experience, as I say, we want to engage with students as soon as they receive their CAO offer, as soon as they realise that they are the lucky ones going to DCU, that we welcome them in uh, and that's the beginning, beginning of a relationship. So the university will be there to support the graduates uh, as alumni uh, and again to create that community and we'll have seen, you'll have seen, for instance, kind of graduate mentoring of students um, it's just about, um, sometimes people think about um, kind of alumni is about tapping the alumni, you know, tapping the alumni for funding. This mm-hmm. isn't about funding. This is about, uh, about an ongoing friendship um, and to create this DCU community out there. So Ross Munnerly uh, heads up that uh, area with, with Mary and they have student volunteers. It's a very small, as I say, small unit, but making big impact. And that's an area that we hope to we'll grow. We, we've
2: we actually benefited from it ourselves. Yeah. Ross has invited us to some of the alumni uh, networking events. Yeah. yeah. And we've we've took full advantage of it. We've the managed to
1: get some great guests. Like we said at the start, uh, we availed of some funding opportunities mm-hmm. that the alumni offer to clubs and societies. And um, they've been a terrific help for us so far. And we hope that once we're gone and out here, that we can repay yeah. the favor at some stage. We
0: have exceptional graduates, and you know you meet them in, in every walk of life, and they're, by and large, very loyal to the university, and willing, willing to come back and give back, and the, the student mentoring is a big, big mm-hmm. part of that.
1: We've had, I think, nine or 10 DC alumni out of our yeah, interviews, yeah. and they've all had nothing but good things to say about the college and their time here, mm-hmm. so it's, the proof is in the
0: pudding. <laughs> it's a special place. Um, Mental health, again, is a, is, is a priority. Uh, sports, the DCU Healthy, again, again focusing on participation uh, and also performance uh, athletes. So really, the, the, I suppose what, what the, our priority is to create an environment where students will flourish, and whatever that takes, uh, that's what we're, we're dedicated to do.
2: So sport is obviously one of the the faculties that you yeah. oversee as well. Yeah. Sport is a big part of, of DCU yeah. and they have a great tradition. Yeah. Um, especially like one of our former guests Jenny Egan couldn't speak highly enough yeah. um, of the support she was given during her time in mm. DCU. She broke her course
1: um, into an extra couple of years yeah. wasn't it? I think it was. It, it would have been four but it, it was made into seven just so it yeah. could accommodate it her, her sporting career yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that something that's important?
0: Well, we have. James Galvin is the director of sport, and James has worked with uh, registry and with the faculties in terms of flexibility for elite athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, you, if you're performing at that level, uh, it's very difficult to pursue a course uh, in, the normal, in the normal way. So, there is a, a policy there to accommodate students, with, make all reasonable accommodations to allow them through. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's um, important for us. Dara, not to say that it's coming anytime soon, but at the end of your tenure here as deputy um, president of the college, what would you like to say about your time
0: here? What would I like to say? Yeah, I d- or I what would you like your peers to say about your time here, maybe? Well, what I'd like people to say is that I worked with them to facilitate the delivery of our mission to transform lives and societies, and that uh, I made it. Uh, I supported them in that. That's what I. I mean, the role of the deputy is to support the president in that, and that would be I would hope that I'm supporting bringing the delivery of the strategy, but also, uh, all colleagues and students across the university that, uh, kind of as working as a catalyst to facilitate, to facilitate change and to make this an even better place if that's possible. And that sounds pious, I know, but that's uh, that's what a deputy does.
1: We move into some of the, the lighter aspects. The lighter side of it, yeah. yeah. Sure. So, uh, Tara, tea or coffee?
0: First thing in the morning, tea, then coffee. What? Why so, first tea, work? then coffee? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Start That's an odd one. Start with the tea and then move we'll on. And how coffee.
1: do you take the respective beverages?
0: I take t- uh, tea uh, black and take coffee with milk.
1: Okay, fair enough. So, tea gets you up in
0: the morning then? Yes. And when does the
1: coffee come? Later in the day?
0: Well, I could move from uh, coffee from tea straight into coffee. Oh, oh okay, that's it's kind of a yeah. <laughs> sin.
1: So. The the Leash Dublin divide is growing ever so <laughs> yeah. more in that corner. Yeah. Um, Dara, three guests, living or dead, that you would invite over for dinner on a regular basis. A once-off evening, you're, you're having dinner and you're. Allowed you're to invite.
3: if you invite her, if he wants. It depends how the
1: It depends how the it depends the dinner goes, Gavin. <laughs> uh, no, but three three figures um, living or dead. Living.
0: Uh, I'd like uh, I'd like the Beckhams. Okay. okay. That yeah. would be a nice uh, nice evening. We had uh, Christine Lagarde visited us uh, at the university early in mm. the year. I Wouldn't mind uh, an evening with uh, uh, Christine Lagarde. Um, I'd like to meet uh, Ed Sheeran. Oh, Are yeah. you a big fan? I just like to listen to his music and yeah. I think he's interesting. Very yeah.
1: good. Yeah? That's, yeah, I'll take that one. I'll anyway. take it, that, yeah? That's,
2: that's a neglect. And David Beckham.
0: <laughs> and Dave, yeah, <laughs> David Beckham, okay. Um,
1: your ideal Saturday night. Now, you have you control everything. It's Everything with, is within your power. What yeah. What would you do with your Saturday night?
0: What I like to do, I, I like to do on Saturday night, is I like to have a meal with friends, with Katie, my wife, and with friends. That's the... That's my uh, ideal. That's what I like doing best. Okay. Would, um, you, would you stay in Dublin? Like, well, we told you everything is in your control. Well, you could stay, stay at home, but uh, it's the company that makes the night for me. Very good. Yeah. Are you... Uh, do you engage
1: much with technology now, Dara?
0: In terms of... Uh, would technology be, be a part a drone? of your day-to-day <laughs> Do I have a drone? <laughs> <laughs> we actually saw a drone before we <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enough, Do, do I, I have a, a drone? drone uh, no, probably. I don't have a drone. Okay. No. I do, yes. I, uh, I suppose... Everybody else, I'm, I'm probably addicted to my phone. I'd say yeah, so. What I'm, I
1: was gonna ask is yeah. is there a gadget that you simply couldn't go without during the well? I could
0: go without the, the phone if it was taken from me, I'd adapt. Okay, um, but uh, I love the phone, I like the all the I like uh, I suppose social media. I like uh, I love Spotify, okay. I'd hate to be without Spotify. Are
3: you a big music fan, Darren?
0: Yeah, favorite artist. Um, I would listen to really eclectic. Okay. I would listen, listen to any, anything. Really. And would you
3: be a, a live event score?
0: Uh, well, we've got four, four, uh, kids, and they're still quite, okay. uh, quite young, so probably not as much as I would like to. But right. And uh, favorite book. Favorite book. Yeah. Uh, of all time. Um. Well, it
3: could be either from history or fiction. You know. You yeah, I, I suppose.
0: Um. In terms of re- reading, I read history, um, I suppose historical biography, kind of kind of early modern history. David McCullough. I like, right. uh, <laughs> no, no, I like uh, historical
2: fiction. Uh, Oh, you David, know, Dave McCullough was actually rejected from the Masters Journalism here in DC. We really? are. Exactly we're very high standards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, think just think how good he would have been if he had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm think, gonna tell him you said that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's the that's the real question about what what we what he could have been. Someone else. Um. Kira King. Kira King. Yeah. yeah. So, f- so fiction, and I also like. Um, it's funny because my background is in um, history, it's all, solidly all really academic, it's a family kind of business. But um, I like to read business, I like to read business, I like to read management books as well. And in terms of my own, I suppose, CPD, I think one of the things that we do well for staff here in DC and we've called out in the strategy is around kind of personal development. So I do think that we need to keep learning. So I'm always pleased for an opportunity to do... Mm-hmm. courses uh, and i've been fortunate i've been able to do like executive head courses in different places but i like reading uh, management books okay. strategy how, how do you like to unwind there well back to again i like uh, i enjoy company that's uh, i s- swim uh, when i can i try to swim on the way home from work after work i suppose we go for a walk but i unwind with company and as i say listen listen to music what do you do? The you cinema. To- I like the cinema. Okay. Yeah. After a cinema. particularly
2: frustrating day, what is it that you get home and do? You pick up a book. Do you pick up a newspaper? Some people. I like to get my in a slitter and just poke it off the wall for half an hour.
0: Yeah. No. I just as I say, we just uh, kind of d- ordinary domestic things. I go home to the, just go home to the family and, f- a dinner at home or, or whatever. Kind of, be with the be with the kids or enjoy the cinemas probably in terms of kind of relaxation it's kind of great escapism you can just okay. immerse yourself fully in the could we have a favorite film there oh a favorite film um god i'd be hard pressed to think of a uh yeah. mine,
1: mine is mine is a fairly cliche one it's shawshank redemption shawshank
0: Redemption. Yeah. yeah massive
1: fan yeah, anything Aye. you've
3: seen recently that's uh, i saw favourite.
0: well just last week i saw i went to see vice the Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney, like Cheney Steve film. Breland. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. interesting. and mm. You get a um, great kind of sense of kind of leadership and style and mm. I think morality mm. kind of above. Um, yeah, above I just it.
3: find Christian Bale, like his transformations into roles. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he was what, 50 kg for the movie Machines yeah. like 15 years ago when he packed on like nearly yeah. 100
0: pounds for this yeah movie. But even, I mean, some some actors, um, I mean, think, like, Meryl Streep is a good example that I think that she really immerses herself in a role that you're less conscious that it's Meryl Streep. And I think Matt Damon's probably my favourite uh, favourite actor. But again, it's obviously Matt Damon, but he's not like a Michael Caine, but it's Michael Caine in, in every movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we'll end with...
3: We'll end with... Uh, we ask our guests at the end of every episode any advice or the best advice that's been imparted onto yourself?
0: Any advice? Oh, um, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I yeah. think, oh, I just think about people's just to be be the best the person, best you can be for yourself, you know, just to try to kind of be be yourself and to do whatever it needs to allow yourself to be yourself. And that's what I would hope um, that people do. That's to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Um,
1: fantastic, yeah. We'll take that one. Yeah. Do so you think? Okay. Yeah. Dara, thanks a million. No, no, for, you're welcome. Thank you very much for letting us come was up here. Uh, all right. Yeah, this. that was fantastic. Um, yeah, and we'll be sure to, to send you on all relevant links when yeah. the. Do you think I website? need to
0: spice up my social life? For <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you have a pretty good gig going so far. Yeah. Take up the piano. I don't know how you'd have any time for it. <laughs> yeah. Play the piano or go to more meetings. or No, I think I think, think, you I think you're pretty moves. good doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, this
1: has been In Conversation with Derek Keogh, Deputy uh, President of DCU. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.